Welcome to The Swolistic Show. I'm your host, Jesse Lockhart, a realtor turned holistic fitness coach and personal trainer. I transformed my mind, my body, and my business in two years by combining holistic-based practices with strength training. And now I'm here to help you do the same thing. Get ready to hear inspirational stories and actionable advice to start living your own swolistic life. Now let's dive into today's episode. Hello, you guys. Welcome back to another episode of the Swolistic Show. Thank you so much for tuning in to the podcast today. I am really excited because I love nothing more than these Ask Me Anything style podcast episodes. I loved doing them on the Socially Modern podcast. I love doing them on my social media. It just is always so fun for me to see what questions you guys have. So I'm really excited to get into this today. So I pulled you guys over on my Instagram as well as in my Facebook group and just was like, hey, I'm going to do this podcast episode. What questions do you guys have? And I have a bunch of different questions here. I really don't know if we're going to get to all of them in this episode. This is also a very unscripted episode. I literally only have the questions written out on a document. I have not done any prior research. So if I fumble over my words, <laughs> it's because I haven't like prepared as much as I normally do for an episode, but I wanted it to be a little bit more spontaneous and in the moment. So that's what we're that's what you're going to get today. So the first question, and I, I also, sidebar, do not remember who asked me these questions. I'm just going to list the question and dive right into the answer. First question here is, what have you learned since pivoting away from real estate? This is a really great question. <laughs> I feel like I have learned a lot through failure. I went from, you know, a really high level in the real estate industry, making over six figures and things coming a little bit easy. I hate to say easy because real estate is not easy whatsoever. All my realtors out there can back me up on that. (laughs) But I had just gotten to a point where I was, you know, pretty consistently getting business and it wasn't very difficult for me to lead generate. So I feel like going from a high point in the real estate business to building a fitness business from the ground up. And even when I think about, you know, six months ago when I was first getting started, I know so much more now and it's just, yeah, it's crazy. But I mean, I guess to really answer the question is there are a couple different things, I guess, that come to mind. First is that it is 100% okay to pivot away from something that you once thought was going to be your entire life. Like, I thought real estate was it for me. I did not plan to make any career changes or anything whatsoever. I thought that was it, right? And I learned that it's totally okay to pivot away from that. And I did a whole podcast episode. I think it's podcast number four. 
Don't quote me on that. But I did do an episode about my decision to pivot away from real estate. If you haven't yet, go tune into that episode. It's really good as well. But I've also learned that business is different, but it's the same. Like there are a lot of things, and I'm not going to get into it too much in this question, but there are a lot of things about real estate that are very different from what I'm doing now as a fitness coach, but there are a lot of things that are very similar. So yeah, it's been a very, very interesting last six, seven, eight months um, of making that transition to launching my fitness business to tweaking it and kind of ending up where I am now and I wouldn't change any of it. So hopefully that answers the question. I feel like I was rambling a little bit there, but anyway. Okay, next question. How soon did you notice change when you cut out gluten? Another really great question. So if you guys didn't already know, I have a food sensitivity to gluten and I do my very best to cut it out. I can confidently tell you I have not 100% cut it out of my diet yet. There are still times where I end up having it or whatever, but I would say that I'm probably like 70 to 80% gluten-free. And when I first learned about my food sensitivity two years ago, I really did my best. And I talked about this in a previous episode, I think. I did not like immediately cut it out. Like it was a transitional period for me. It wasn't like, oh, I'm, I've never had gluten since that day because it's just been really hard for me to make that transition. So although I wish that I could say, oh, it took me seven days or two weeks to start feeling better, I, that's not my story. <laughs> I can definitely tell, though, when I look at photos of myself from, say, two years ago or even a year and a half ago, I can absolutely see just the chronic inflammation around my face, puffiness in my face and along my jawline, um, all from chronic inflammation, eating foods that inflamed me and not taking care of my body in, in the right way. So, Looking back, I can absolutely point out differences. I can tell when I have like consistently had gluten, I can tell like my body does start to inflame a little bit. My joints and my hands start to hurt. They just kind of feel inflamed and puffy and bloating is something I experience when I eat a lot of gluten. If I only eat it every once in a while, the reaction is not as bad, but if I consistently have it, then I do notice a big difference. So yeah, me and gluten, man, it's it's been a two-year-long battle, but I am getting better every day, and I think that's really all that matters. All right, next question. What is your current morning routine? So I am one of those people that loves to get up early. Do I always get up early? Absolutely not, because I'm a human being. <laughs> but I prefer being an early riser versus a night owl. So I love to try and get out of bed in between the six and seven o'clock hour. So anytime between six and seven is when I aim to get out of bed. I would like to transition that to getting out of bed between five and six, 
but we're focusing on between six and seven, and eventually I will get to that five to six level. But I love to get up early. I will usually, you know, get up, of course, go to the bathroom, put my contacts in. I love to dry brush in the morning, which again is something I talked about in a previous episode. I love dry brushing. I got my dry brushes from Amazon and I always, when I change out of like my nightwear into usually my workout clothes because I work out in the mornings too, before I actually get dressed, I'll dry brush and then put my workout clothes on. So I really like to do that. And then I do have a journaling practice that I like to follow. It's like, you know, things that I'm grateful for, goals that I have, and then positive affirmations I'm trying to implement into my life. So I like to do that journaling exercise. And then really anytime I get to have a slower morning and maybe meditate, do some stretching, I also love to incorporate that into my morning routine. So, I mean, I guess I have a somewhat structured morning routine, I'm still working on it, and honestly, it evolves through every phase of life that I'm into. Like, sometimes it looks a lot different than it does now, and that's totally okay. So, if you are someone who is looking to implement a current, like, a morning routine, first of all, that's amazing. Second of all, it doesn't have to always look the same because life never looks the same all the time. So, Another tip that I have, I guess, if you're wanting to implement a morning routine is don't add a bunch of things all at once. Just start with like getting up early. Like I said before, I would love to be able to get up between five and six in the morning. But right now, the best thing for me is getting up between six and seven. And that's still a huge win for me. So start small, and then build on top of that, and you're more likely going to be able to stick to that morning routine. So there's that one. Next question is, what is your favorite workout to hit? Hmm, I also love this question. I don't know. I feel like I'm pretty, pretty balanced across the board. I like different workouts for different reasons, Like right now, I do legs twice a week, then I do a back-focused day, and then like a shoulders and arms-focused day. So two lower, two upper body. I love my leg days because I'm focused more on hip flexor strengthening than doing like super heavy traditional lifts all the time. And so it's a challenge because I'm not lifting heavy but it is still effing hard. Like hip hip flexor training is something we should all be doing. Our hip flexors are not tight and do not need to be stretched out. Our hip flexors are weak because we sit all day and we don't strengthen our hip flexors. So they are weak. They are not tight. They are weak. And so hip flexor training is something that is very, very functional and is something everybody could honestly benefit from. So I love my leg days because of the hip flexor challenge. And then I love my back day because I am unashamed to say that I'm obsessed with my own back. I 
have made so much progress in that particular muscle group in the last 18 months than honestly probably anything else. And so I love just being able to continue that progress there. So I love my back day for that reason. And then I love my shoulder day because I love shoulder pump. So if you, you know, if you're, if you've been involved in the fitness community at all, you know what like a pump is. But for those who maybe aren't as familiar, a pump is when you are working a specific muscle group and all of the blood rushes to that muscle group, kind of swelling it in a way because your body is sending basically support to those muscle groups because you're strengthening them and you're breaking them down through resistance training. And so your body's sending all of the blood and support there. And so it makes the muscles a lot more defined and a lot more swelled up and and puffy, if that makes sense, in a good way. And I always love catching myself (laughs) in the mirror when I have a really nice shoulder pump. If you've followed me on Instagram for any amount of time, you know that I love to post my shoulder pumps in my stories and things. It's just a, a maybe it's a self-absorption thing. I don't know. I just love it. So I love all of my workouts for different reasons. Moving on to the next question. Ooh, this is a good one. Do you have cheat days? If so, what do those look like and for how long? So I don't necessarily call them cheat days. I honestly, at least in my perspective, I just try to do my best every single day. There are some times where I have really great days and I stay on top of everything nutritionally. Now, I'm assuming that this question is about nutrition, not necessarily exercise or like being lazy in a movement kind of day. I'm taking a nutrition approach on this question. I don't necessarily have like designated cheat days per se, but I just try my best every single day to do well with my nutrition. And every once in a while, I will let myself have ice cream or something like that. Like last night, RJ and I went out to Cold Stone because I was like, oh, we haven't had Cold Stone in a while. I was kind of wanting something sweet and... So I was like, let's go get Cold Stone. Now, some people might hear that and be like, what the hell? You shouldn't be doing that at all. And if that's you, I mean, cool. But it's not going to stop me from getting Cold Stone every once in a while or something. But I just, I feel like truly like eliminating entire food groups and creating a very restrictive view on food is way more harmful than helpful. Because here's the thing, you guys, our mindset around food is what makes the difference between whether you have a positive outlook on food or a negative outlook on food. Now, I feel like I could go way, way deep into this because there are certain ingredients that are massive no-nos for me. That like, I will avoid at all costs. I will never allow myself to indulge in them because I know the harmful effects. Now, again, I'm not perfect. 
You go out to a restaurant and it's going to be hard to avoid some ingredients sometimes. All you can do is make the best possible choice you can in those kinds of moments. So circling back to the question, do I have cheat days? Not necessarily because I'm always just trying to do my best. I don't know. Maybe if I designated like, oh, Saturday is a cheat day, then maybe my outlook would be different. I don't know. I think everybody is different and what works for them. But yeah, I I wouldn't necessarily say that I have cheat days, but I do, I can tell you this. If I'm going to have a more unhealthy meal, I will always do my best to get right back on track the next day, the next meal, whatever it is. So if I have, for example, cold stone last night, then today I'm going to do my very best to have a healthy breakfast, a healthy lunch, healthy snacks, and a healthy dinner. Because as soon as I start to continue ordering out, getting fast food, getting food delivered, then it just becomes a slippery slope and it's that much harder for me to get back on track. So I can tell you that. But great question. Okay, I think I have time for a couple more. Let's see. How much protein do I really need daily? This is another great question. You guys are coming at me with these fire, fire questions. Protein is something that I highly, highly prioritize in my own diet as well as with my clients. There are a ton of reasons why protein is so important. It is the macro. So if you don't know macros, carbs, protein, and fat are our macros. Protein is the one macronutrient that our body takes the longest to actually metabolize. And so because of that reasoning, you end up really staying fuller longer because you have protein in your system. Protein is super vital for muscle growth, muscle health, and a ton of different things. So in reality, you should be consuming at least, and, and everybody is different, okay? I'm, I'm talking to the general population here, not one specific person, but ideally you should be consuming at least 100, if not 120 grams of protein per day. Now, this also depends on your weight, your current weight, your goal weight, where you're currently at. So, for example, I'm at 175 pounds right now, and I could consume, you kind of want to think of it like you can consume one gram of protein for every pound of your ideal body weight. So for example, if I'm at 175 now, but say I want to be at like 155, I could say, okay, I'm going to eat 155 grams of protein per day. But for someone who has not been prioritizing protein and they're just starting to work with me, they're probably going to look at me and say, 155 grams of protein? Are you freaking serious? How in the hell am I supposed to get that much protein in a day? It can be kind of shell-shocking and ultimately difficult to get that much protein in in a day. But so for that particular person, I'd probably start them off at a much lower level of maybe like 120, 130 grams of protein per day in order to 
get them used to it and then kind of bump it up from there. So a good rule of thumb is if you want to calculate your own protein macro is one gram of protein for every pound uh, equal to your ideal body weight. So again, if your ideal body weight is 120 grams of protein, then, then you would eat 100 gram, 120 grams of protein. If your ideal body weight is 150, then you could eat 150 grams of protein per day. So there's that. Protein, super important. If you have any additional questions on protein, please feel free to reach out to me on Instagram. I'd love to chat with you more about it. So there we go. All right, last question, you guys. Is it normal to get bored from doing the same workout consistently? I think so if you are not going into that workout with some type of intention. So for example, with my clients and with myself, I program workouts to be the same for four weeks in a row, and then we switch things up a little bit just to prevent, you know, boredom and things like that in their workouts. Plus, it's it's kind of fun to be able to say, oh, okay, I'm, you know, I'm going to change things up, and it just adds a little bit of variety. But I do think that it's normal to get bored because maybe you're doing something way longer than you need to, like I would say four to five weeks and then switch things up. But also if you're not going into that workout with some type of intention. So if you guys have listened to the podcast episodes about cycle syncing and muscle and strength training, you know that you can show up to a workout one week and have tons of energy, then show up to the same workout another week later and not have hardly ener- hardly any energy at all. And so when you go into those workouts on those different energy levels, you can kind of adjust accordingly. So some weeks you might show up and lift heavier, or some weeks you might show up and you're just doing body weight. That kind of adds a little bit of variety without going outside of the workouts that you're trying to do. The other thing too is so if you're working out the same workouts four weeks in a row, usually what I tell my clients is the first week or two is where you get used to the movements. So you're, you know, making sure that you're feeling it in the right muscles, that you're performing it correctly, just getting a feel for those exercises. Then in weeks three, four, and maybe even five, you're upping your weight, you're lowering your, you know, rep um, timing. So you're slowing your reps down, making it more intense that way. So you can really play around with those types of things. But I highly recommend that you stay on the same workout regimen for at least four to five weeks before you switch something up. So there you have it. You guys, ask me anything. There were a lot of questions I did not get to. So if your question was not answered, I apologize. We are definitely going to do more of these Ask Me Anything style podcast episodes in the future because I just love them. So I will save these questions maybe for the next one. We'll see. But anyway, thank you so much for tuning in to the show today. I appreciate you guys. As always, remember to make yourself a priority and I will see you next week. Thank you for spending your time with me today. I appreciate you so much. 
If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode and leave us a rating or review to help others find the show. To learn more about working with me or joining the Swolistic community, head over to my Instagram at Lockhart, where you'll find my programs and pricing in the highlight bubbles. I hope you have the best day ever and I'll chat with you next week.